Here we are. Live golf is back for the first time in months. Uh, we've got a stellar field at the Charles Schwab Challenge this week at Colonial Country Club. Um, really great event, and we just wanted to break it down from a fantasy point of view. I was joined today by Lee Aldrich um, of Fanshare Sports, and we just took a deep dive into the players that are available this week, how the break is going to affect them, and who we really expect to go well at all the different price points. So hopefully you enjoy, and, and if you do, let us know. nervous too. I've probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined today by Lee Aldrich who writes for Fanshare Sports. Uh, he also writes a blog every week on the, the bargain players for DraftKings and that's what we're going to talk about today. So Lee, welcome. Hi, yeah. you alright? Yeah, good. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, been, been doing well. It's been... Uh been a tough few uh few months not only because there's not been any uh any pga golf um but yeah with the lockdown and, and two young kids i've been uh i've been kept busy um but still had time to enjoy the uh, outlaw tour golf that was a uh, good fun especially doing uh DraftKings pods for that so uh but yeah i'm excited to uh, be getting back to the uh, pga tour yeah absolutely and i think where we've had the layoff we've uh, been treated to quite a field on our return to the pga tour Yes, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a very strong field, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of these guys don't normally play here, uh, uh, Colonial. So uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how they get on. What do you think? How much do you think the the layoff is going to affect the majority of the field? Are you expecting a, a lot of good players to struggle just through rust and, and maybe not practicing too much? Do you think there's a player that will kind of uh, have been grinding away more than others and and really take advantage of the, well, the long layoff? I think this is the interesting point about this week because we don't really know what all the players have been up to during the uh, during the layoff. So, have they been um, practicing hard? Have the poor putters been working on the putting? Have the poor drivers been working on the driving? Or have they just been chilling and uh, and enjoying doing different things? So, it's going to be fun to see uh, to see how they they come out. Um, you tend to think that the the best players like your, your Brooks. Uh, and Rory probably haven't been doing an awful lot of practice, um, whereas your, your grinders um, have probably been doing a lot of practice. So yeah, there might be a, a uh, might be a turn up for the box this week. We might see an outsider uh, take it down this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know we saw that drive and relief event, didn't we? And uh, and Rory and Dustin especially seem to have a bit to uh, bit of rust to shake off there. Jeez. And um, yeah, we'll get on to those guys in a sec. But I think. You know, one person, I, a couple of people really that I thought that would really focus on and especially work hard during this sort of pandemic period was uh, Justin Rose, who's obviously won here mm-hmm. in 2018, and also Jordan Spieth, who's won here in the past. Both players that should really have benefited, benefited from the layoff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, two players that haven't been doing particularly well recently, so it's uh, it's a fresh start for uh, for the pair of them. So, yeah, we, we could well see them both battling out on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and do you think that, you know, because I think Justin's game is probably slightly easier to fix at the moment than, than Jordan's. I think Jordan's is a is a real sort of technical issue, whereas Justin's is a lot sort of focused on the, the equipment and he seems to have put Honma and that issue aside now. Um, so he should have had the last couple of months to really grind in the equipment he's got and, and should turn up well here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think he's had plenty of time to sort all the uh, equipment side out. But then also with, with Spieth, I mean, it, it could it could be the mental side for, for Spieth and having this break from it and, and taking all that pressure off of him and coming back with a new outlook, it, uh, that might sort it out. And what better course to come back on for uh, for Jordan than this one? 
I'm glad you said that because so the, the way I looked at it really was, firstly, I don't think he was playing as badly as people think. Um, I think that obviously he's not a top ten player in the world at the moment. He's he, you know he's he's fallen out or just outside the top fifty, um, and and driving is certainly an issue for him at the moment. But um, like you say, that if there's ever going to be a course for him to return on, this is certainly going to be one of them. He's a, a win and. Uh, two seconds here and also another couple of top sevens um you know and he always plays these courses well doesn't he, he plays the courses that he enjoys he, you know repeat performances especially at pebble beach uh augusta we know and i just think you know the, the amount of um the salary that he's going to be on this week i think he's 8k this week and you're going to pay much more than that for him in at augusta in november um and really, you know, yes, it's a strong field, but everyone's sort of handicapped this week with a layoff, and and he might just come up trumps. Yeah, absolutely, and he's a fantastic putter on uh, on Bengrass greens. Um, so he, he should uh, he should have a good week there, and at eight thousand, um, he's going to be a popular play on uh, DraftKings, that's for sure. And, and that's the problem, isn't it? So you know, people are going to want to put him into their lineups, and and this is one thing that we want to talk about here is is the strategy, and we'll go on to that in a second, but. You know, he, he's a good putter on bent grass greens. He, he actually around the greens at the moment. He ranks tenth in strokes gained around the greens, even though he's been playing poorly. Um, so really, the the two main areas of the game that um, are sort of highlighted here at Colonial, he's he should be in good stead. I mean, he's not hitting enough greens, which you know could sort of hinder him. But if he's going to hit a certain amount of greens and get his form back, it should certainly be here at Colonial. Yeah, absolutely. If he hits greens uh, this week, uh, then he'll score well. He'll, he'll make the putts this week. So what what is your general strategy when you head into a week? And there's a lot of focus on DraftKings about having to get six out of six through the cut. Um, I know it obviously sort of changes depending on whether you're playing sort of like cash games or GPP games and things like that. But is there a sort of, sort of a couple of players that you sort of have to put in just because they're making cuts every week and then sort of build around them? Or do you sort of try and take chances here and there? Yeah, so I don't really play cash games. Um, I, I don't really want to grind out playing cash games. Um, but because of the hours and hours of research that I do into it every week, I do like to play the uh, the, the multi-entries, the GPPs, and uh, I always play to try and take down one of those. Um, so I've started this year maxing out the uh, the Minimax, the 50-cent Minimax. Okay, yeah. Uh, entering 150 lineups um, into that every week. Uh, and I actually won two of the minimaxes within the space of three weeks oh, i think in february yeah so so it's gone really well for me that um there's a there's a great uh, lineup generator on fanshare sports now so i can do all my research on there i can favorite my players create lineups i can create as many lineups as i want if, if i want i can do am waves so everyone who's playing in the morning everyone who's playing in pm i can mix it up so it's fantastic so so i think there's a real advantage there in if you do play the uh, gpps in trying to enter as many lineups as possible because you only need that one lineup to hit so it doesn't matter if out of those 150 lineups probably most weeks i'll only get um i'll only get 10 15 6 or 6 lineups through um and then you're just hoping that that that's the magic lineup that, that goes on to win it yeah absolutely and i think so for me personally i you know i spent a lot of time 
uh, doing betting previews and things like that. So I'm looking at players, uh, you know, the, the top of the market for for the odds, and then you sort of have a long shot at sort of three figures, 150, 201, things like that, um, which you sort of taking the puns on because of uh, the each way value and things like that. Whereas with DraftKings, I think the focus a lot of the time is is trying to get those six out of six through but like you say there that may not be integral and you can sort of take some of these more volatile picks like a Jordan Spieth this week that you know yes he's going to be highly owned and but the upside at 8,000 surely worth sprinkling him in at some point yeah it's, it's so long as he's not too chalky um I think ownership is is massively important you, you don't want to get six or six through but those six or six everybody has so if they're doing well you're not moving up the leaderboard Whereas if, if you can get a player in there who's maybe 2-3% owned and that player then starts doing well, then you start flying up the uh, leaderboard. So I think it's, it's okay to have uh, a 30% owned player in there just so long as the rest of the lineup has a bit of differential in there. So you have a couple of uh, low-owned players in there. Yeah, and, that, and that's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because a lot of those lower-owned players, uh, you know, for the casual player, are not going to be the most well-known players on tour. And you know, mm. there's going to be a certain amount of players that, you know, it's, you know, this season maybe like a Lanzo Griffin or someone like that that sort of got through the cut most weeks, played pretty well, and and certainly given back sort of like nine or ten times his value every week. Um, yeah. That he's going to be a major player for a lot of players, but the casual players that you sort of almost feasting on um and not going to know about him so they're, they're the sort of guys you've got to keep an eye out but it's going to be especially difficult this week because you've not had a chance to see who's in that run of form and you've kind of got to base it on who's played well here in the past and and who was sort of playing well before that's down tools yeah absolutely so so this week um there's like you say there's not a lot well there isn't any recent form to go on but i, I think i'm going to pay a, a bit of attention to their play in 2020 so i'm going to go my form this week is going to be how they've done in in 2020 um in the stats um but really i'll be concentrating on the uh on the course suitability ranking this week that we do on the uh, fan share sport so yeah course history is great um but also you don't get a lot from the course history because you maybe only have two or three events where they've played in the last five years at this course whereas with the course suitability ranking it takes all the characteristics of the course and gives you a bit more data to work with so uh yeah i think i'll be, be concentrating on the course suitability ranking a lot more this week than than usual um but i'll not have too much ownership of any player because this week um a, any player could do badly any player could do well so so i don't really want 50% ownership of a, of a certain player. Yeah, and this is where sort of fan show sports comes into its element, isn't it? Because they sort of tag the sentiment rankings of a certain player and, and you can sort of have a prediction of who's going to be popular that week based on the, the chatter on social media and things like that. Um, because obviously you don't know the official ownership figures and there are guys out there that, that can predict, but you don't know that until the off. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's a great week to check out Fanshare Sports for those uh, exact reasons because ownership is going to be key this week, and uh, and I think Fanshare uh, Sports is free. Uh, all the information, all the tools on there is is free for the rest of the month. So uh, if you haven't checked out Fanshare Sports, now is absolutely the time to uh, to check it out because it's free. It's got all you all the usual tools on there: your lineup generators, the ownership projections, a core suitability ranking current form top 10 percent 
yeah so uh yeah great week to check it out yeah plenty of information there and i think that you know that is key there's you know there's a lot of guys on you know social media now that are, that are sort of putting these things out there and you know especially just sort of like rankings and things like that so they are helpful but you know you can't go into these sort of events blindly you do need to have those those sort of factors there because you know it's, it's easy to kind of get dragged into say um you know dustin johnson's you know he's a brilliant player um you know he's very well known publicly he's got through five of his cuts this season but he's not playing his best golf and maybe colonial isn't the best track for him um i'm sure you'll be able to tell me that in a minute for your for your suitability ranking and he has one on shorter tracks but um you know it's trying to get the sort because you're going to have to take a guy from those sort of top 10 in the prices who's going to be the guy that's going to stand out and who's not going to be too highly owned this week yeah that's it yeah that's key this week yeah, so let's let's start running through some of those names. So obviously at, at the top of the salary there, we've got Rory McIlroy at eleven thousand eight hundred, um, much more expensive than the next best with Justin Thomas at ten thousand six hundred. Um, oh no, sorry, John Rahm at eleven thousand. Well, yeah. Um, now, is he worth overpaying for this week? Um, because Obviously, he can win anywhere. I don't think there's a golf course in the world that he can't contend at. Um, but his biggest strength, you know, when he wins most weeks, is the, the strokes that he gains off the tee, and he might not be able to do that here, where driver's not so essential. Yeah. However, we we have got him ranked very high in the suitability uh, <laughs> uh, ranking uh, this week. I think if it was any other week, uh, I would be owning a lot of uh, Rory McIlroy. He comes out on top. Uh, of my model by a long way um so i think the 11,800 price is probably justified this week for rory mcelroy it's a lot to pay and 800 dollars more than second is uh, is unusual um but the way he ranks out he, he probably is worth it this week to be honest with so i've got him as fourth in the course suitability ranking um he ranks second for shots gained T-screen in 2020 and fourth for opportunities gained in uh, 2020. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it's actually fair pricing. It's going to be interesting to see how, how people play him this week. Uh, if, if he is projected to be low-owned, then, then I think I'll probably double the field on, uh, on Rory McIlroy this week. If he's going to be 10 um, or 20% owned, then I, I think I'll look to go double the field to get an advantage on him because he is my pick to win this week, Rory McIlroy. And do you think, because he doesn't play here, typically it's not not an event he normally rocks up to, I don't know if he has actually played here before or not, um, you know, and just after him is John Rahm who's finished top five in two of the three starts he's played here, so I think a lot of people will probably just go, okay, well, you know, for the $800 yeah, discount, I'll I take think, him. Um, I think it doesn't matter to play like uh, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly that sort of sentiment, isn't there, that he can sort of win wherever he likes and, and sort of play on his debut. Yeah, the, these good players, the, these top 10 players in the world, they can go anywhere and play. If, if you're hitting uh, fairways and greens, they, they can play anywhere. So I won't worry about uh, McIlroy not playing here very often. Um, he's playing brilliant golf at the minute, so I, I can't see any issues with, with him struggling this week. Yeah, so you're uh, you're pretty high on Rory there then, and and the other name we mentioned there is John Rahm. Um, missed the cut last year, but has played very well the two years before that, um, in very good form, close to you know what Rory's doing, but obviously doesn't win as much uh, as him. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on John Rahm coming into the week? 
Yeah, John Rom, uh, I like as well. I think he's fairly priced as well at, at eleven thousand, um, four hundred dollars more than uh, Justin Thomas. I, I think he's fair for John Rom as well. Um, he's he's coming in good form in twenty twenty. His course form's uh, really good. His course suitability is really good, uh, and uh, and he's a he's a good putter on uh, bent grass greens as well. I think he ranks twenty uh, fifth in the field this week for strokes gained putting on uh, on bent grass greens. So. Yeah, I can see John Rahm going well as well this week. And this is the thing, isn't it? So the three names we've mentioned there is Rory McIlroy, John Rahm and Justin Thomas. Most weeks they're going to you know, rank highly in course suitability just because of how good they are and how talented yes. they are. Um, That's right. So you know, they're always going to be popular. Um, you can take any one of those three and, and sort of pin your hopes that they're going to win that week. Like you say there, you're very keen on Rory to win. Um, if anyone's possibly going to sort of just blow the cobwebs off with, with no rust. You'd, you'd fancy the number one player in the world um, to do that. Uh, the, the next man up is is Bryson Dochambeau, and we spoke just before, um, and, and he ranks really lowly in your in your suitability model, but he's been playing some really good golf this season. Yeah, so he's been playing great golf, which is why he is um, the fourth highest price this week. However, I, don't, I won't be playing any Bryson this week. I don't don't think the course suits him. Um, I think we've seen that in past performances here, and uh, he's not not a very good putter on uh, bent grass greens. I've got him ranked 84th for shots gained putting on uh, bent grass greens, so um, that's too much to pay for me for uh, for Bryson. He he would have to be a lot lower than that for me to play him this week. So for me, it's a it's a full fade on Bryson this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know even without looking at your your model there and and the putting statistics. You know, three missed cuts in the 42nd is course suggests that he struggles and he's really just coming back almost to, to tune up and, and see where he goes and, and look for him in future events because this is going to be an idea. If he gets through the cut and finishes in the top 30, that's probably a good result for him on a course like this. Yeah, that, and I think that's what I'd be hoping for this week, just a chance to play four rounds to, to knock that rust off. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think... He will be very confident coming into this week. And then, and then you've got Brooks Kepka there at 9700. He finished second here behind Justin Rose um, in 2018, I believe it was. Um, you know, he was struggling, wasn't he? You know, he's got a bad knee. Uh, couldn't play in the Presidents Cup. He's, you know, he's been dealing with that. He actually said recently that it was actually a worse injury than than they've been letting on as well. So there's a lot of question marks over him, despite potentially being a good course fit for him. Yeah, brilliant course fit for uh, for Kepka. We've got him uh, fifth in the course suitability ranking. Uh, the layoff will have done him uh, a world of good, um, so he'll benefit uh, more than most for the layoff. Um, and nine thousand seven hundred is cracking price for uh, for Brooks. Um, so I could see a lot of people starting a lot of lineups at, uh, at Brooks Kepka this week. Yeah, and also that. You know, it's, it's going to be quite difficult considering the, the two high salaries, but you could almost have a, a Rory and a Brooks lineup and and take some value down the, the field there because with the, the strength of the field, there's going to be some really good, solid players that are available at discount price this week. Yeah, everybody that's in the field this week is a good player, so you shouldn't worry at all about playing anyone in the uh, 6,000 uh, range, and there are some some bargains down there, as we'll probably come on to later. So yeah, you could absolutely start with uh, McElroy and uh, Ketka, your lineups this week. One person that we did sort of skip past is uh, Webb Simpson, who I'm sort of a big fan of. Um, I think the way that he's come back from 
the, the the troubles that he had with the putter a few years ago, you know, is, is absolutely superb. And it's actually a strength of his game now, which is important at this course. Um, mm. Two top five finishes here. You'd certainly expect him to go well at, at 9,800 compared to sort of Bryson at, at 10,100 and, and Thomas at 10,600. He'd certainly be a good starting point as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, I mean, no issues with Webb Simpson this week. Um, he, every stat uh, that I've looked at this week is is good for Webb Simpson. Um, so can't put anyone off playing Webb Simpson. Uh, I'm not not be playing an awful too much Webb Simpson uh, just because I think that the players under him around the same price range are a little bit better than Webb this week and. So I might play a bit more of those than Webb and save a little bit of money. Um, but yeah, got no issues with uh, with anyone playing Webb Simpson this week. So a couple of those names that you talk about, who who are you looking at in that range that can sort of take over from Webb if, if you're going to leave him out of his lineup? So um, so really, the, the three next in the list uh, that we haven't mentioned. So uh, Xander, uh, Shoffley, uh, Dustin Johnson and uh, Ricky Fowler. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've I've got all three of them ranked uh, above a Webb Simpson uh, this week. Got uh, two of those of uh, brilliant putters on Ben Grass Green. So you got Xander who ranks sixth for shots gained put in on Ben Grass Greens, and uh, Ricky Fowler who ranks uh, first for shots gained put in on uh, Ben Grass Greens. Um, so there's a lot to be said for uh, for playing those two uh, purely based on their uh, putting this week. Yeah, there's been a, there's obviously been a, a sort of a question mark around Ricky Fowler for a little while now. Um, sort of people saying he's struggling with his swing, but when you look at the season so far, okay, it's not up to maybe his lofty standards, but he's had a, a fifth at the Tournament of Champions, a tenth for the American Express, an 18th last time at Bay Hill. He's already had the tune-up at the, the Drive and Relief Challenge as well, so you'd really expect him to go well here. Yeah, he's not played uh, badly this year. Um, he, he still ranks 56th in this field for shots gained tee to green in 2020 and 31st for opportunities gained. So he's creating opportunities. He's, he's not playing um, poorly between tee and green and uh, coming to these uh, bent grass greens this week. Um, we, we can expect to see uh, Fowler going well, especially because he had that competitive match. Couple of weeks ago, and I, and I think he'd actually be the probably the one of, the, of this group of players that we've talked about that may be probably the lower owned of the, of the group, but just because of the the sort of sentiment around him and that maybe he's not at his best, even though as you said there, he's he's playing plenty well enough to really warrant a pick. Yeah, and there's a lot of popular players um, right around Ricky Fowler this week. Song JM's always uh, popular. Um, Justin Rose a little bit further down. I'm sure a lot of people will be playing uh, Rose, and then you got uh, DJ and uh, Xander, who are always uh, popular plays, and well, Brooks even uh, 300 more. So yeah, you know, we could see low, low ownership on uh, Ricky Fowler this week. Yeah, and, and another guy that's in that range is Patrick Reed. Um, you <laughs> know, he's been in good form this season. Uh, good putter, as we know. Um, what are your thoughts on him this week? Um, yeah, I, I won't be playing much. Patrick Reed uh, this week. Um, the course doesn't really suit his uh, game. Uh, he, he doesn't rank too high in the uh, course suitability ranking. He's 24th in the course suitability ranking. Uh, good putter on these uh, on these greens. In fact, a very good putter on these greens. He ranks fourth for shots gained putting, which elevates his course suitability ranking somewhat. I think he'll struggle between uh, tee and green 
uh, this week. So, so I think I'll be avoiding uh, Patrick Reed this week. And, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? So his his foundations of his game, he's, he's a very good short game player. So he's always going to sort of be sort of raised up in these leaderboards and, and rankings, if you like. Um, but if he isn't, like you say, he's going to struggle with Teed's green, um, especially if, you know a bit of a layoff as well, just when he was in a bit of form. Um, there's reason to sort of avoid him there maybe. And Sung J.M. as well, it's sort of his second visit to the course. He missed the cut last year. Um, coming off of a win and a, and a good finish at Bay Hill as well. Um, you'd expect him to possibly improve on last year, but I don't know you know, where he is with his game and, and wh- whether this suits him this week. Yeah, um, another player I'll be avoiding this week. He's uh, just a bit too expensive for me. If he was a uh, if he was under nine thousand, I might have played a, a bit of him. But yeah, I'm uh, concerns about his his putting on these uh, on these greens. Um, so yeah, he's probably one best to avoid this week. Another one that I sort of think of avoiding this week, and I've kind of had a little bit of a bias against him, maybe than than a lot of people, just because I think. Yes, he's played very well, and and it's really impressive the, the cuts that he's making. Is is Colin Morikawa now? He's nine thousand one hundred, um, so he's priced above a Justin Rose, you know, Mark Leishman's, Tony Finau's, Gary Woodland's, people like that. Um, yes, he makes a lot of cuts, but the the strength of his game is not the short game, and that's really important here at Colonial. Yeah, so it's it's difficult to know how he's going to uh, get on at Colonial. He, he hasn't played a, enough rounds. Uh, similar courses with similar characteristics to be able to get a ranking for him uh, this week. Um, so we just don't know how he's going to get on uh, uh, Colonial. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of money to play for a, an unknown entity when you have got those players below that you know should go well this week, like your Rhodes, your Leishman, your Woodlands, and your Finals. So yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be avoiding him this week. I'll I'll see how he gets on, but. I won't be playing him in uh, in DraftKings this week. Yeah, there's there's sort of a, a bit of a stigma against debutants here at Colonial anyway. Um, you know, it's one of those classical tracks that you know it sort of favours experience, and I think the average age of the winner is 37 over the last sort of 10, 10 sort of tournaments. So, um, you know, there's good reason to really avoid him at such a high price, especially when you can get a winner on his course at Justin Rose at, at 9,000 and, and there's some question marks around him that may put people off as well. Um, one debutant that's sort of in this sort of price area now that we're going into um, that has been playing some stellar golf this season is, is Scotty Scheffler and I think he's someone that could go well this week. Uh, Scotty, yeah. Again, another one that, that hasn't played enough um, events on similar courses to be able to get a, a ranking for Scheffler this week. So, it's difficult to know how he's uh, how he is going to get on um, this week, boy. Certainly has been playing good golf, and as I've always said, if if you're playing good enough golf to get the ball on the fairway and from the fairway to the green, it doesn't matter where you play, you're gonna uh, you're gonna score well. And he certainly has been playing uh, good golf. And, and that is and the uh, yeah, his game. fairly priced up at eight thousand four hundred. Yeah, so 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 no issues with anyone playing him at, at that uh, price. Yeah, is there any one player in between that sort of Justin Rose and, and Scheffler range that you really like out of Kucha, Lowry, Finau, Woodland, Leishman? Yeah, there's a few to be honest. Um, so Gary Woodland, uh, I'm very high on um, this week. Uh, the, the course suits his game. In, in fact, where have we got him in the uh, course suitability ranking? So he ranks 28th in the course suitability ranking. Uh, hasn't actually played at Colonial since 2014. I think he's one of these players that, that misses this event in preparation for the uh, US Open normally. Um, 
But he does rank 18th for shots gained tee to green uh, this year and 14th for opportunities gained. So he's playing well. Uh, average putter on uh, Bentgrass, not too much to worry about there. Uh, and he does come in off of uh, back-to-back top 12 finishes. So he's playing well. Course should suit. Um, so, yeah, I like Woodland this week uh, at 8,800. Um, and Tony Finau, another player that I'm uh, high on this week. That I'll be playing uh, quite a lot of. Um, he's now finished uh, top 35 in all four events that he's played here at Colonial. Uh, ranks 10th in our course suitability ranking. Um, and 7th in the field this week for shots gained tee screen in 2020. So uh, he's got a lot going for him. And he's had six top 10s in the last six events. Yeah. Yeah, big on fee now at, at that price this week. Uh, and then the other man who who I do really like this week, uh, he's, he's probably the value of the week for me this week, uh, and that's Jason Day at 8,300. The break is going to do him a world of good. We all know about his injury issues, so hopefully hopefully he has rested for the last couple of months and hasn't been out there grinding. He doesn't seem like the type of player that would be out there uh, grinding. Um, so the layoff will have done him good. Uh, fantastic putter on on these bent grass greens. Ranked third in the field for shots gained putting on uh, on bent grass, um, and he ranked second in our course suitability ranking. Um, so the course will suit, the greens will suit, and the layoff will suit him. And um, he he's not been playing badly this this year. He ranks 26 for shots gained to his green in uh, 2020. And before his recent miscut and uh, withdrawal, uh, he did finish fourth at Pebble Beach. So if those injuries have healed, then uh, he has already had a fourth-place finish this season. So he, he ticks every box this week for me, Jason Day. And I think at 8,300, he's uh, he's going to be a fantastic player. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he is a player that there's always fitness issues uh, surrounding him and, and there's always a question mark over him. Um, and, and the sort of knocking him this year is that his putting isn't at the level that we know of Jason Day, but he's always been such a sort of strong player in that category that it's hard to keep up to those standards. So if he's maybe sort of rested himself in this sort of pandemic period but worked on his putting, that's only going to benefit him. And, and he's been really sharp around the greens anyway this season. So you'd really expect him to go well at a course, like you say, that suits him really well. Yeah, absolutely. If if you got a player resting from injuries, then uh, th- there's nothing to stop them practicing putting, is there? That's not going to uh, affect any of their injuries. So yeah, so hopefully that's the case, and uh, hopefully he goes well this week. Yeah, and and then so the person I really sort of want to speak upon here, and he's going to be quite a popular figure this week, is Jordan Spieth, uh, eight thousand. This is a price you don't see very often on Jordan Spieth, no matter what form he's in. Um, really low price especially given his course history here with a, a win and two second place finishes. Um, possibly a bit of an overreaction to how badly he has been playing because he can just, it sort of seems like a course that he can sort of turn up and, and play half asleep, really. Um, it just depends, one, how popular he's going to be given his low salary um, in ownership. And, and two, you know, has he sorted those driving issues out that he had before? Yeah, and how often have we seen players um, come to a course that they like and they've had success at before, playing absolutely terribly, and they've gone on to uh, to win or, or competed for the win, um, like Luke Donald um, yeah, Heritage, I think he he uh, he always does well there. So yeah, 
So it, there couldn't, couldn't have been a better course for uh, Justin Spieth to, uh, to come back to play after a, a few months layoff. Uh, yeah, he has been playing badly. There's, there's no question marks about that. Uh, ranks 106th in the field this week, shots gained tee to green in 2020. So he has been playing badly, but the, the break could well have done him good. And if it has, everything's going for him at this course. Just looking at sort of the players now. So we've looked at Jordan Spieth. Um, next up, we've got a Victor Hovland, who's always very popular, uh, 7,900. Uh, Daniel Berger, who's had a bit of a renaissance this season at 7,700. And last year's winner, Kevin Nahr, is 7,600. Well, I imagine it's going to be very popular at that salary this week. Yeah, I think they will be uh, popular plays this week. I love Hovland. Uh, this course is going to suit his game. Uh, fantastic player to watch. Been playing well uh, and, and a course that will suit. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how, uh, how Hovland goes this week. Daniel Berger, I like as well this week. He's uh, He's been playing really well. Um, I was going to say recently, but was playing uh, really well before the uh, layoff. And uh, yeah, another one who should uh, who should enjoy playing at this uh, course. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other person we obviously mentioned there was Kevin Nahr, um, won here last year. Um, and I think he's actually underrated as a golfer. I think that there was a lot of sort of uh, doubts surrounding him just because he didn't get over the line as much as his talent maybe suggests he should. But I think certainly uh, in the last couple of years, I mean, he won twice last year and again in 2018. So he's doubled his tally over the last two years. And that might be sort of indicative of what he can do in the second half of his career. Um, and at a course that he's obviously already won at once, you'd certainly expect him to go well this week. Yeah, I think Kevin Nile's always been uh, a player that's probably tried too hard. Um, and, and it looks like he's overcome that recently. And, and that's why he's getting the success he is. And yeah, this is a brilliant course for him. We've got him ranked sixth in our course suitability ranking. Um, and he puts really well on these uh, on bent grass greens on past uh, bent grass greens so yeah he's uh, he's a beautiful price at 7600 this week and uh, yeah I can see a lot of play, uh, people playing him this week uh, and that's, that is the trouble there not only was he the defending champion and people are going to see that see his low salary and take him anyway but he'd finish 4th 10th 13th and 9th before that of this course as well so you'd really would expect him to be a very popular player and you may have to look elsewhere to sort of differentiate your lineups which is where sort of like maybe Berger comes in there. Um, but the next person I want to talk about, who again I expect to be very popular, is, is Harris English, considering his form prior to the pandemic and his two top fives at the course as well. Yeah, English is uh, is uh, going to be a good uh, player this week at the price that he is. Uh, we got ranked 43rd in our uh, course suitability ranking. Uh, yeah, and he's been playing uh, de- decent golf before the uh, layoff. Um, so I can, he would be a, a good pivot um, for those that, that don't want to play Kevin Nahr if it looks like he's going to get uh, too chalky and uh, another uh, good putter on fast bent grass greens in fact he ranks 11th uh, for shots game put in on fast bent grass compared to Kevin Nahr who ranks 13th um, and actually Harris English uh, in 2020 in this field ranks 11th for shots game tee to green so he's playing well tee to green he's going to put well on these uh, on these greens, um, so yeah, uh, I like English quite a bit more than uh, Nar this week. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think he's going to be the popular play. I think there's there's no doubt in that. I think just from sort of the sentiment you've seen on on social media recently, um, so I expect him to be quite a chalky play really. Um, 
but sometimes you do have to, like you said at the start of the show, you know, you do have to take those thirty percent guys if you're gonna if you can sort of differentiate elsewhere. Um, and there's a couple of players that I want to talk about in this range as well. Um, Ryan Palmer is a member at Colonial. Um, yeah, really good course form here. Um, you know, he uh, actually has finished third, fifth, fifth, and sixth in the last sort of, sort of seven starts here. Um, and he says in the past that one of the things that really bothers him when he actually gets to tournament week here is he's so used to playing the course without grandstands and fans and things like that 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 when he does turn up for a tournament, it does seem to put him off a little bit. So if he can put that out of his mind now, that there's going to be no spectators there and no need for a grandstand. You'd certainly expect him to go well. Yeah, well, it'd just be like a friendly round for for him, won't it? Going out there, uh, going out there this week. Um, so so yeah, if that takes some pressure off of him, then yeah, could see him in, do well this week. And he is playing well this year, ranks ninth for opportunities gained. Uh, in the field in 2020 he obviously likes the course the only thing that I'm concerned about with Palmer is he's putting on these fast bent grass greens uh, we've got around 98 for shots gained putting so uh, if he has a good week with the putter then he'll uh, then he will score well because he'll play the course well and, and he'll give himself opportunities and that's the thing isn't it is that when you get to this range there's going to be question marks in, in several different areas for these players and and putting is generally one of those for these players because there's a lot of guys that have you know got it on a string from tees green on on some of these courses and and certainly in this price range um but when you know i think ryan palmer's always been a streaky player he sort of mm. wins out the blue and um you know it does take a hot putter to do that so that that's the sort of thing that you have to sort of take a chance on at this salary range of you know that's my understanding of it um and you know someone that's finished fourth in hawaii should have done better at Tory Pines and finished 21st. He shot a final round 77 there and had just finished 17th at the Honda in his last start. Um, he certainly seems to be one of those that you sort of take a chance on. And, and like you say, I hope he catches fire on the greens. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be in my player pool this week, that's for sure. And then, you know, there's there's a whole list of names here now. You've got Billy Horschels. You've got uh, Max Homer that's been playing really well this season. Kevin Kisner who's played this course well and plays these types of courses well. Um, and, and maybe you might have a chance to sort of get those at a reasonable ownership rate because you've got the likes of uh, Matthew Wolfe and, and Joaquin Neiman that are sort of very popular names on tour at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to be high, too highly owned um, this week just because there's so many good players in the field to choose from. It's such a strong field. Uh, the ownership's generally going to be spread out. I do like Neiman though, so, so I don't mind if he if he gets a little bit chalky. Um, I'll still play him this week. Um, he does rank third in our course suitability ranking this week, so he should enjoy playing uh, on this course. Um, and he ranks 17th in in my model overall. So to, to get him at 7,400 is a uh, is a great price. He's um, ranked fourth in the field for opportunities gained. In 2020, so uh, so I think he's a fantastic price at 7,400. Um, Sebastian Munoz down at 7,000. He's uh, he ranks first in our uh, core suitability uh, ranking this week, so so should be um, very uh, suited to playing here. Uh, and ranks 22nd for shots gained tee to green this year, and third for opportunities gained this year. So he's a player that's come on leaps and bounds um, in the last year or so. 
and uh, expecting big things from him um, this week on this course. Yeah, both those guys, yeah, both you know, Neiman and Munoz, have both won this season, um, sort of earlier in the year. Um, so, you know, some of those stats maybe uh, sort of lean towards their fast starts, especially in Neiman's case, because, you know, he's missed a few cuts recently, and that's why you can get him at a discount. But like you say, yeah. that's why the, the, the course suitability ranking is so important, because... You can sort of almost not overlook current form, but with this layoff, that matters sort of less coming into this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, it is a good week to to load up on on some of these players that are going to be suited to the course or, or should be suited to the course. And someone that I like in this range as well, and you know, and I'm sure you'll probably tell me he's going to be really low down this suitability ranking now. But uh, is Corey Connors, who plays this course pretty well, um, seventy one hundred, and you know he's. He's someone that, like we know, doesn't doesn't always play very well on the greens. Very rarely plays very well on the greens, but could catch fire on any given week. Well, you'll be happy to know uh, <laughs> that he ranks seventeenth uh, in our uh, core suitability ranking this week. So, so yeah, he ranks high in the core suitability, and he has been playing uh, uh, well this year in twenty twenty, ranking nineteenth for shots gained tee to green and eleventh for uh, opportunities gained. Yeah, so you'd you'd really expect him to go well, and you know he has. It's the put- yeah, if the putter behaves. Yeah, and and that's the thing. But that is the hardest thing in golf to predict, I think, isn't it? Is yeah. is how they're going to play well uh, on the greens. And there's obviously certain players that are, you know are really strong on the greens, you know, week to week. But they're few and far between, especially in this salary range. Yeah. Um, so you, you do you have to take a chance of those. You, you should yeah. think that they're going to get through the cut, given their tee to green prowess and, and their suitabilities of course so if they can fire a low round because they get a, you know a hot putter then that's certainly going to put them in good stead yeah absolutely and, and if any area of the game can change from from week to week it is the putting yeah and and this is kind of your range now isn't it this is where you focus you know week to week your articles for fan share sports is in this bargain range um you know and there's one player that really stands out for me in this range is Lanto Griffin at 6,900. Um, he stands out to me, which means he's going to stand out to an awful lot of people, I'd have thought, just because of the, the form that he's been in. Uh, he had that win early in Houston earlier in the season um, and and has really come on leaps and bounds this year. Yeah, he, he has been playing well this year and, and to be priced up at 6,900 is a good price and to make things worse for those hoping that he wasn't going to get too chalky, uh, we do have him ranked 14th in our uh, core suitability ranking as well, um, so so he should be suited to this course. So yeah, he's got everything going for him this week at uh, 6,900. Uh, and the thing I like about him as well is that during this off season he's been working really really hard uh, with a contentious figure in, in VJ Singh. He seems to be playing a lot of practice <laughs> rounds with him and working out. So that can only be you know we joke about that, but that can only be beneficial to him to learn from someone like that. Um, and it just shows the competitive spirit and his desire to keep up the good play from earlier in the season. Yeah, absolutely. What a fantastic uh, player to learn from, uh, BJ Singh. So yeah, it, it can only be good for his game. Is there, you know, is there someone in this sort of seven thousand to say sixty-eight hundred range that really stands out to you? Because you know, looking down the list there, there's there's so many people to choose from that, like you say, it's going to be. You know, unlikely that any one player is going to be really highly owned in this range, but you know there might be one that stands out to you. Yeah, there is, uh, and I think uh, uh, a good pivot from um, Lanto uh, Griffin, if if he does prove. 
to be getting popular uh, is Zach Johnson um, for me. I think the only reason he's priced up this low is because of his poor recent form. But again, we've had the long break. He could have been practicing. It could be a mental thing. So much can change in, in that break in the last two or, th- two or three months that almost the form goes out of the window. And, and if we're throwing the form out of the window, then uh, Zach uh, Johnson uh, has played brilliant at Colonial. Uh, he's got two wins, a third and a fourth here. Um, so it's a course he has had success at. He's had two wins here. Um, so... If he has sorted out the, the issues with, with his game, then at 6,800, he's going to thrive at this uh, course. And he ranks second of all the players playing this week for shots game put in on Bankgrass Greens. So if he has sorted uh, all the issues out, then uh, he's going to have a very good chance of, uh, of a high finish this week. And, and this is the thing, isn't it? Is uh, this layoff, and this is where we're all guessing, and it's going to be a really interesting week to find out who's where and what in their game, because... You know, he has been struggling for a long time now with his game, really, for someone of his standard. Um, but just before the break, he actually finished 32nd at Bay Hill. Uh, he'd got through the cut at the Honda. Uh, and he's only missed two cuts this season. I know he's only played five events, but, you know, he's making the weekend more often than not. So, um, especially at a course that he loves, he, he is definitely someone to, to take a chance on. And, and it is just a kind of finding out week, really. It's hard to really... Uh, stick to any one player religiously given the, the circumstances yeah that's it absolutely and uh, there's so, some players this week that um, I wouldn't say would have enjoyed the break but they needed that break to, to refine their games like your Speeves like your Brooks like um, like Zach Johnson so uh, yeah uh, it gives them a chance to reset and, and that mind frame when they come out and they know they can start all over again must uh, must be a huge positive for them this week. And, and that's the thing is that they never get this amount of break. Yes, they get a sort of winter break around Christmas time, but generally speaking, the guys that need to play most events to, to keep their cards or to improve their rankings are playing, you know, 40 weeks a year, or whatever. That you know, they're not really having breaks. But this this time, they've all had a, a long layoff. And another player that I think could really benefit from that is someone that's played well here over the last three years is Kevin Tway, and he's available there at under $7,000 as well. Yeah, Kevin Tway there will be a nice uh, player this week. Um, yeah, he's a good putter on, on these fast-bent grass greens, ranking 33rd in the field for shots game putting. Um, yeah, so he, he could get the game going again, and yeah, he could be a, a nice player at 6700 yeah, and is there any so we sort of coming towards the, the bottom of the salary marks here now? And there's there's a couple of players that I like at the the sixty three and sixty four hundred range. Is there is there a couple of players that stand out for you? So the players down that range that will be making my player pool this week, and there's not many, but uh, Cameron Champ. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because of how well he has played in twenty twenty, there's not any question marks around the course. Um, so he's priced up a little bit too low for me this week so Cameron Champ I'll be playing and uh, and good old Steve Stricker yeah he's, uh, uh, he's certainly played well here in the past and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does after a break and a long layoff that's it yeah and uh, he, he might have used that uh, layoff to really get himself back into uh, into playing golf and yeah uh, he loves the course he's had success at the course before so uh, at 6,200 um, he's uh, a better option than, uh, than most 
Yeah, and I think you know Cameron Champ was one that I was sort of thinking of there, and uh, you've got uh, Joe Janowson on, who's a you know really cheap price for someone that's so highly ranked in the in the world rankings, and his game hasn't quite translated to PGA events so often, but we saw him play really well in the major last season or the season before, and you know for such a discounted price, he's maybe someone that's worth taking a, a flyer on. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's one that's worth taking the flyer on, and then if you want to go right down to the bottom at six thousand, uh, I think Chad Campbell um, is going to be a decent player, especially if you want to start your lineups with your Rory McIlroy's and your Brooks Kepka, Then uh, Chad Campbell at uh, uh, six thousand um, ranks fifty fourth in our core suitability ranking, which doesn't sound very high, but for a player who's priced up right now at the bottom, it's uh, it's high up. Um, and he, he's not played horrific golf uh, this year. Um, so, yeah, so I'll be playing a little bit of uh, Chad Campbell because then that opens up a lot of opportunities up at the uh, top end of my uh, of my lineups. Yeah, and there was one one other name that I sort of sort of looked at is uh, is Peter Uline. And he finished 13th here last season. Um, it's the sort of course that, historically speaking, would suit him. He's not been at the best of his game for a little while now, but we saw him finish 20th on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, two starts ago when he led after three rounds um, and he opened a bit of 66 in Puerto Rico as well and ranks highly in strokes games around the green so it's a small sample size this season um, but there's been some some decent things from him and, and maybe some signs that he's getting back to some of his best golf that's it and if you're looking at a player down at this bottom range you, you know you're only looking for for one thing that's going well and uh, and it's worth taking a punt on them so yeah another player that, that's worth having a punt on yeah and, and you know so is it, you know, you see this sort of phrase chucked out sometimes, is this sort of stars and scrubs um, sort of, you know, saying is, you know, can you take a chance on some really low value guys when you're you're picking some of the top ones? Um, is it one of those weeks or do you think it's a, a good time to sort of play a lot of mid-range guys and build some more solid lineups? Sounds silly, but it's uh, anything goes this week, I think. Because you've got no form, you don't know how players are going to react, who are still going to be rusty, who aren't going to be rusty. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer this week. You can go stars and scrubs, you can go balance lineup. Um, I don't think there's a, a right or wrong answer this week. Um, but for me, who plays a lot of lineups, who, who will create 150 lineups, I'll have a mixture of stars and scrubs, I'll have a mixture of, uh, of balance this week. Yeah, it really isn't a week you want to be investing too much into this week. Um, I don't think there's any massive advantages you can find anywhere this week. It's, it's almost a little bit of potluck this week, so, uh, so you might not want to spend as much as you normally do. I know that's easier said than done because it's the first PGA event that we've ever <laughs> bombed. So yeah. Everyone's going to go crazy, even, uh, even me, who says I'll, I'll tell it about this week, I won't. I'll go crazy just because I'll, I'll get more and more excited as the week goes on. Um, so, yeah, but don't expect too much this week. Just enjoy it. Build a few lineups. Don't go crazy on, on what you spend and just enjoy being able to watch PGA and, and play PGA DraftKings again. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's really important you mentioned there is that this isn't a typical week. So, yes, we, we spoke a little bit about strategy at the start of the show. We didn't dive too much into it just because, like you say, it all kind of goes a little bit out the window this this week because everyone's guessing. So if you know your rankings, if you know the form that you've been looking at and you can make a decent lineup, don't worry how you're doing it. Uh, obviously be a bit wary of the ownership and that's why Fanshare Sports will come into its own this week um, because I think 
the ownership will really come into the fore at the the top of the salary range, won't it? Those guys that who's going to be the best to pick from because, like you say, you'll have a a lot of Rory if he is low owned because people might be put off at the high price point when when there's others available at a, a decent price. Yeah, that's it. I mean, don't, I won't worry too much about ownership at, at the top um, unless there is one that's going to be a lot less owned than the others. Then always worth playing, especially in a week like this where you don't really know what's going to happen. But as per normal, don't go crazy on on players that are down in this low 7K range and 6K range. If they're going to be 15, 16% owned, then you probably want to jump on uh, on one of the differentials around there because it's a, it's a bad play to have somebody down at that low range at such high ownership because uh, it, it's so variable how they can perform. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? There is, like we said in, in the middle of the show there, there is a lot of players that are available at you know, discounted price just because of, one, the strength of the field and two, um, you know, the uncertainty surrounding the comeback to golf that it would be really tempted to go and put you know, five or six guys from 9K to 6, 8K or whatever, um, you know, and really build what you think is a solid lineup. But there is a lot of risk attached to doing that. Yeah, that's it. So really this week, um, pay attention to, to your ownership, course history, course suitability. Um, and then you, you can't go too far wrong, I, I don't think. But yeah, don't get carried away this week. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, just to, to reiterate, the point is, is Fanshare Sports is the website that you want to go to to really check out. You've got uh, until the 30th of June, I think it is, to to try out the pro model and see how you get on and, and then maybe subscribe after that. Um, you can find Lee at DK Golf Bargains on Twitter as well. Um, you know, you put out a weekly blog that we can all have access to regardless. Um, and that sort of focuses on these cheaper guys doesn't it but it, I really wanted to get sort of um, your interest and your views on, on the guys at the top as well because it's going to be really important to see how they're played this week and, and really how they get on after such a long layoff Yeah and, and it's great to be able to talk about the guys at the top because normally as you say my uh, <coughs> articles about the, uh, the under the radar guys and the guys at the bottom so I don't often get a chance to uh, speak about the uh, the top price players. Yeah, so it's been fun. Yeah, so um, as you said, good time to sign up to uh, Fanshare Sports. Uh, there is a Discord chat on there, so if there's any questions about how any of the features work or anything like that, jump on the chat and uh, and somebody will uh, will answer you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lee, thank you very much for your time today. Um, as as you say, we're all very much looking forward to the the event coming back next week. Hopefully, our chat today will help some people. Uh, put together some lineups there's obviously we can't go for every player in the pool because you know there's just time doesn't allow that but you know there's definitely easy ways to like you say use the models to to get your views on those um and really just have fun playing around and, and get some lineups in there and enjoy it that's it yeah everybody just en- enjoy being able to play uh, pga DraftKings once again and don't take it too seriously have fun absolutely thanks for that lee take care okay cheers bye